0: Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys here, man. We were like this like massive choir this morning singing. I, I stand on the front row because I sing loud, but I'm also the pastor, so I stand on the front row. But I just today, like I just shut it off. I'm like, I just got to hear this because man, there was a sound in this place. And can I tell you what? God delights in the praises of his people. He, he's, you know, sometimes we're, we think, well, you know, someone else is going to do that. Well, the Bible says if we don't, the rocks are going to cry out. And, uh, not on our watch right we're going to praise our god and what a powerful time i in the old vernacular i'd say it feels like we're a church today it feels like god has uh has met us here and uh we're just delighted that you know we recognize that god speaks today do you agree with that he speaks today and he speaks to us in so many ways and uh, really that's what we've been doing here in the last month or so in a, in a teaching series called Liar Liar. And today you notice we've changed our graphics we're going to finish this today. And the whole series is really about bringing the truth of God into every aspect of our lives. Because there are so many things that we have been led to believe and, and deceitfully led to believe by culture, uh, by, by sadly the church, and, but yet also by our enemy, Satan, that many believers have built their lives on a shaky foundation instead of the solid foundation of God's Word that never, ever fails. Amen? We're going to warm you up. That's a good place for an amen right there. Come on, just because we got through singing, we don't get quiet right now. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to wrap this series up. By by coming back to how do we build that strong foundation, how do we build it up in us that we will never stray from that. So go ahead and open your Bibles, however you have them here today, if it's on your tablet or phone, we're gonna we're gonna go old school a little bit in a moment and uh Some of you might uh, not have a Bible, and and always, if you don't own a Bible, please, on the way out today, we have these in the foyer. We have bunches of them, and they're big print for all of us that are over 40, amen? We can read them. It's awesome. So uh, turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 6 is where we're going to find our theme verse uh, for this day. Almost 10 years ago, we started Hope Church. In fact, in September, we're celebrating our 10th anniversary. I think it's ironic on Back to Church Sunday, we will not be here. We're going to be at the park in Franklis Park celebrating our 10th anniversary. But almost 10 years ago, we started this community of faith, this body of Christ, with a goal that we'd be more than a Sunday morning experience. We'd be more than just a stopping place where we get a little touch of the word and we move on. We want to be a place where we could lead people on a spiritual journey. Because, you know, guys, we are, we are spirit beings in physical bodies. I don't know if you recognize that, but every single one of us. And, and it is my joy and it's my desire to lead us spiritually. Because when we, when we move and focus on our spiritual being, we focus on our, our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, not only do we have eternity given to us, but it makes our lives here a whole lot better. And, and Chad said it well today as we were singing, we don't just want better, we want transformed. We want to be made new in Christ Jesus. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, um, aim at heaven and you get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. So in other words, if all your focus is on here and now, the the Bible says there is a wasting of life. But if we aim at heaven, if we understand our hope is to, to forever be with our God and experience him forever, then we get both the blessing here on earth but also eternity before us. You know, guys, this morning, I just want us to get God's Word into our spirit because when we know the truth, the truth will do what? It sets us free. And how do we know the truth? It's through God's Word. It's through the understanding of what God gave us in His Word. So Paul wrote a very fitting passage for us to wrap this series up today. In Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10, it says a final word. Quite fitting, right? A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now just stop right there. If that freaks you out, you need Jesus. <laughs> pretty simple. If you're like, I don't know about it, that sounds pretty scary. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in what? We have nothing to fear of these type of things. He says, this is our battle. He said, therefore, verse 13, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of what? Truth. Okay, that's what we've been doing. And the body armor of God's righteousness. Again, not our righteousness, not, not our best efforts, not our works, but the righteousness we find in God. That's our armor. He said, for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows, the lies of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Father, I thank you. God, that, Lord, you have given us the truth, God, the way and the life through Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, today, God, that you are reminding us again that, Lord, your word does not change, God. Your promises have been made yes and amen. They are done in Jesus Christ. And Lord, you've given us the privilege to take hold of them and bring them into our lives. And God, to be transformed, God. Lord, your son didn't die to make us better. God, he died to make us new. And Father, we live in that newness today, God, transformed by your spirit. So God, give us ears to hear this morning and hearts to respond, God, to your word for our lives. I pray this in Christ's wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. There is no better decision you can make in your life than to get more of God's word in your life. There's no better decision you can make than to grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. And this morning, what I want to do is talk about, well, how do we do that? Because it's one of those things in the church where we're like, well, yeah, duh, we we should read the Bible, but if statistics are right, we're not doing it. So uh, how do we get more of God's Word into our lives? I think it begins with understanding what the Word of God is. Go, go back to John's Gospel. We're going to put it on the screen today, but I'm going to move around a little bit in the New Testament to show you some things this morning. In John's Gospel, one of the greatest introductions of what it means to, to, to look into God's Word is in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, for he said, In the beginning was the Word. Here's God, the Trinity, calling himself the Word before there ever was a Bible. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if we want to know God, we know God through his Word, so we can know God through, his, through the Bible says, he was with God in the beginning, though him, through him all things were made. And without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and, and the darkness cannot overcome it. We just got through singing about that this morning. You know, lies take us into the darkness. But truth shines light there and shows us the way out of them and shows them the way to life. And what we need as a people of God is we need to know and understand God's Word and the God of the Word. Because when the liar, liar comes, it is the truth that sets us free. And the truth is found in our Father and our God through His Son, Jesus Christ. But the problem is many Christians, many church-going believers don't read the Bible because they think it's confusing. That they, they struggle with understanding the Bible. And, and I am so thankful that, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, on the earth to walk among mankind to show us not only how to know and understand who God is, but to show us the power of God that can work in our lives. Same chapter, John 1, verse 14. The word became flesh, Jesus, and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. You see it again and again, don't you? That we have these, this, this goal out before us, this, this path that God has for us, that we learn, love, and, and live God's Word day by day by day. I did a series on this back about a year and a half ago called It Is Written. It's on our podcast love for you to go back and look at that. It breaks down how to study the Bible, how to put your faith in the history of the Bible, all of that. We don't have time to do that today. But one thing I want to tell you is the Bible is alive. The Bible is not a book that's a dead testament. It is alive because of the Spirit of God that breathed life into it and the power of God that makes the promises come alive in our lives. You see, the Bible not only tells us the truth, but it contains the power to help us live out that truth. God never showed us something to do that he did not give us the power to do it He never asked us to change anything unless he gave us the power for that change to take place And that power is greater than our own. This is not a self-help book. It's not a try harder book It's not a do-it-yourself book It is a book that teaches us the word of god that gets into us as the spirit of god john said it in john 6 verse 63 he says the Spirit. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, and we we did a teaching on that last year. Spirit, the Greek word there is pneuma. It's the, the breath of God, the power behind that blast of breath of God. He said the Spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. I I love what the disciples said to Jesus one time. He was making some very hard statements. He was talking about the fact he was going to die on the cross, and they needed to lay their lives down and all that. And and because of his statements, a lot of people went away. A lot of people left him. But yet the disciples stayed, and he asked him, said, aren't you going to go away also? And I believe it was Peter. Peter said, Lord, where else will we go? Because you alone have the words of life. They understood it. They understand the truth that he was bringing him. They understood the truth that brought power with that. That's why the Hebrew writer could say in Hebrews 4, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The Bible is not an historical book. It is not a library book. The, Bi- the Bible will do a mighty work of healing in your life when you get the truths and begin to apply them into your life. But can I tell you, the Bible's also a scary book because you can't read the Bible without the Bible reading you. Have you ever noticed that? You, you can't read the Word of God without the Word of God acting as that mirror that comes up in front of you and says, so, how we How we doing? And it usually brings us to that humble place where like god We need you to work on our attitude god We need you to help us with our emotions and our desires because the bible will confront you But it also gives you the power to overcome the things that it confronts you see We need the word of god to come alive in us. So how do we do that? How do we do that? I'm going to go back to a teaching I did a few years back, and I for some of you, if you're, if you're taking notes this morning, this may sound familiar, but I've learned something. The truth never changes. Do you, do you agree with that this morning? But we need to be reminded of it sometimes, so please, if you're taking notes, if you're on version, the notes are right there. How, how do we get the Word of God to come alive in us? Because if it's not alive in us, then we struggle reading it because it's just another book, another saying, right? So how does the Bible come alive in us? The first thing we've got to understand is that faith activates God's word. Faith activates God's word. You've got to have faith in your life for the message to come alive, and that's the whole walk of Christianity. Christianity is not about understanding truths and just giving agreement to them. Christianity is understanding truths that take us to a place where now we have to step out by faith and say, I believe, I choose to believe I accept what is true and I believe my life is changed by that in in understanding God's word It takes faith for us to let the word of God come alive in us Hebrews again chapter 4 very interesting statement. He says For we also have had the gospel preached to us Just as they did But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with what? faith that, that's why you can before we become believers, can, you can hear the word of God and it's like, you know, Charlie Brown's teacher just and Nothing's happening because there's not a heart of faith that says I, I want to receive I, I want to know what the truth is in my life So when we read the Bible, we must approach it with faith And then faith takes that natural and it makes it supernatural It takes what is seeming like a dead page and it brings it to life in our spirits well, I know right now, I just discouraged some of you because you're like, well, Mike, I don't even have faith. Well, I'll tell you how to have faith in this morning. Because if faith activates the word, then how do, we, how do we grow in faith? Here's the second thing we need to understand. And not only does faith activate the word, but revelation activates faith. Now, that's not the book of revelations, okay? Revelation, let me explain this morning. Because if it was the book of revelations, we'd all be in trouble because, we still get confused in that one, but at least it tells us in the end God wins, right? So uh, and we, we definitely win. So revelation activates faith. So if you want faith to come alive and actually believe what you're reading, you need to experience what we call revelation. And what revelation in its simplest terms is, is, is when you're reading God's word, you have an aha moment. You're, you're reading and all of a sudden something speaks to you. You're reading and something stands out to you. I've been reading and memorizing the Bible since I was a young teenager. And I still, when I read it, I'm amazed how the Holy Spirit does where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Wow, I've never seen that verse applied that way to my life today. It's that aha moment that comes when we read the word, but we need to understand why that happens. It's an interesting thing in the word of God. When you have the Bible and you, and you, and you, you read it for the first time and you know, we, we can show you how to do that and all that, but you have to understand that It was written in different languages. It was not written in English. Can we nod our heads? Do we get a little bit of understanding here of history? In fact, the Old Testament was mostly written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and the New Testament was was written in Greek and then translated into our language. That's why there's some translational issues there. But it's interesting in the Greek language, and I I took Greek in college, and I I passed. Let's just put it that way. I don't remember any of it. in, but in the language of the Greek language, essentially, there are two words for the word word. That's why Greek is confusing. There are two words for the word word. It just sounds funny saying that, doesn't it? And those two words are logos. And logos is, 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 is the written word. It's the spoken word. It's the, the message. But then there's this other word for the word word. And that word is rhema which is the revealed word of God. It's when the Holy Spirit breathes through the Logos and it comes alive in us. It's, it's how the message is communicated. So if Logos is the message... We need the rhema communicated into our lives, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That, that's, where, that's where it comes alive in us. That's why in that first section of Scripture we read today in, in, uh, in Ephesians, that's why Paul could say, take the helmet of salvation and, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So if we picture it this way, the sword of the Spirit is the rhema of the Word that we wield every day against the lies of the enemy. So it is what you need in that day. It's what you need in that moment. It's what you need in that, in that need of your life. And we're able to wield that because it becomes alive to us because we have faith to believe that God's word works. So faith activates the word, but, the, but, but yet revelation activates faith. So it only logically begs then, well, then how do you get revelation? Glad you asked. Because if faith activates the word and revelation activates faith, then what activates revelation? It's a wonderful word called meditation. And we're already like, oh great, meditation. Pastor, you mean we need to slow down? Yes, we do. There are three great enemies to modern faith. Let me just help you out here, not on the notes this morning. Rugged individualism that says it's all about me. Consumerism that says it's all about me. And busyness that says it's all about me. And busyness keeps us away from ever having time to meditate on the word of God that it becomes a revelation to us and it comes alive and it defeats the lies of the enemy. Flat out, we are too busy to do what we need to receive revelation. We're just too busy. We got too much going on. And it takes time to slow down and to to think about the word, to ponder the word, to talk through it with others. The the community group aspect we were talking about, there's no better way to, to let God's word come alive than sit with other believers and talk about it. But that takes time. And that takes effort, and that takes setting aside, because again, the Word tells us if we want it to come alive, we've got to take time to let it get in us. In fact, one of those beautiful stories in the Old Testament was in in Joshua, as they were getting ready to cross over the Jordan into the promised land, and and God was giving the the leader, the young leader, instruction. And in Joshua 1, he said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, I love the then, then you will be prosperous and successful. If I did the raise your hand thing today, if you want to be prosperous and successful, we would pray for you if you did not raise your hand because it's natural, right? He says, you want that? Don't let the word of the law get out of your lips. Don't get away from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Now, How do we do that? I'm going I'm to use a prop I've used before. And uh, I want to talk about meditate. What does meditate really mean? You see, the Hebrew language, the Old Testament, was very image driven. Very, you, you can see it imagery. It's not so black and white as our language. So I'm going to use a friend I've used before here. Let's put her up on the screen here. I'm calling her Bessie. All right? The only reason I'm calling her Bessie is, I, Denise and I, we had a real struggle over this when we were dating. Uh, My family raised cows. Okay, I know that's not a common thing in North Carolina, but we raised cows, and one of the things we could not do, and we were taught from bottom, we would never be able to name our cows. And the reason why is they were beef cows; they were not milk cows. Some point we would eat them. Okay, so we're not like, hey, we're eating Bessie tonight. How's Bessie? There, oh, Bessie's great. And you know, we start crying. Not Bessie. No, we don't name our cows. But this is a milk cow. Okay, so we can name milk cows, and so we're going to name her Bessie. Well, cows are both beautiful and gross at the same time. Can I get an amen to that? My wife had to get over that I thought cows were pretty when we were dating. She's like, cows are pretty? I'm not comparing them to you. I'm just saying that they're cows that are pretty. And we even had to negotiate before we got married. Because one of my biggest goals in life was to have cows. And our biggest negotiation, we finally settled on never in the front yard. That was her one (laughs) statement. You can have cows, but never in the front yard. Sadly, the closest I've got is i got a picture of a big old Bramer bull in my office. That's as close as I've gotten, all right? But the cows, you have to understand, when the Hebrews heard the word meditate, they go, oh, we get it because visual. Cows do something very interesting in digestion. I'm sorry, it's nine o'clock. You've already had coffee. But what they do is they do something called rumination. Now they, and kind of in layman term, it's called chewing the cud. Can I get a witness this morning? And what chewing the cud is, is Bessie here is going to eat that big old hunk of grass and she's going to say, hmm, that was good. And then a few minutes later, she's going to barf it back up again. Sorry. And she's going to chew it again and she's like, hmm, it's even better. <laughs> and guess what she's going to do it a third time and come up again because it just, it's a process they do to get every ounce of the nutrition, everything they can out of that little bit of grass. And so when God says to Joshua, meditate, he's saying, Joshua, don't just let the wall just pass by your eyes once. You need to bring it back up again and again and again. Because there's always something you've not seen. There's always something that, that you've not gotten into your life. There's always something more I want you to understand because if you do that, then you'll be prosperous and successful. Listen, we cannot be drive by Christians. We cannot just, I, I love you, version. I wake up every morning and I've got my phone set that the first thing I see is the scripture of the day. It's right there. It's before I check email, football scores, anything else. I want to see the scripture. But can I tell you, it's so easy to go, oh, thank you, God. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, knit me together in mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. God bless you. Back in the pocket. I've read the Bible today. Woohoo! Gold star. Ask me five minutes later what I just read. I don't know. But I gotta spend time. And I gotta let it get in me. I gotta prioritize it. And that's what I want this ending of this series to be, our understanding. Look at Matthew's gospel, Matthew 7. In fact, it's gonna mess you. It's gonna be on the I'm using the message version on this scripture because I want you to see the nuance of it. And the message is just a translation. Uh, So, in other words, it's taking some of the hard things of the Greek and getting them to our own language. So So, Matthew 7, 24, he says, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. So, in other words, they're not meant to make you better. They're meant to give you something totally, totally new, a transformed life. He said, They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, that means if you, if you get them into where now they're living in you, now we're living in this I get to, not I've got to. Now I can't wait to be in the presence of God. I, don't, I get to, I don't got to. Now, he says, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Why is that important? Because storms always come, don't they? Storms always come. And you know what storms do? They prove what your foundation is, don't they? They prove where you built your life on. They prove where your faith is. That's why when you see a believer and they get the report of a a bad report from the doctor and someone has built their life on the foundation of the word, oh, they're going to shed tears because we are emotional. We are are beings that are made that way. But then they're going to stop and say, but I know God's promises. But I know God's words. And they are not only logos, they are rhema to me. And all of a sudden, these words you spent time in in your past, they start coming up in your spirit because that's what God does with it. And now these promises, you start wielding them like a sword, and you're like Satan, you're defeated in the name of Jesus, and you just start laying it out. Why? Because the truth has gotten in you. Because you prioritize the word. Listen, God's word is not a tweet. God's word is living and active. And my goal for you is very simple. I really struggle with this. A lot of believers, I follow a lot of believers and their tweets and all this, and I hear a lot, well, well, Pastor so-and-so says, when you're in the middle of a trouble, I hope you don't even know my name. It's not what Pastor Mike said. It's what God said that matters. The pastor can paraphrase something and put out a good tweet, but God's word will never fail you. And we got to stop worshiping people and start worshiping God and worship His Word because His Word is what sets us free. Come on. We live in a day where we get everything out again. It's all about me, so it's about man. It's not about man, it's about God. Because He's the one that was there in the beginning and it said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And that Word is still alive in us today. So, how do I do it? How do I do this? You've got you to accept some things. If, if God's word is going to change your life first, you got to accept it as the authority in your life. you got to accept the authority of God's word in your life. Guys, this is about attitude. It's about how I'm going to approach God's word. Is, is it a good book with a lot of good ideas from a good man? That's what a lot of people believe. Or is it the inerrant, infallible, perfect word of God that will never let you down? You see, a lot of people can't go there because of lack of understanding well pastor don't you know there's errors in god's word don't you know that like there was like two donkeys in one story and another guy had one donkey go and listen to my series on as it is written uh, especially on why i can trust the bible i'll help you out there if i don't have time today there are a lot of things gang listen there are a lot of things i don't understand can we all admit that i don't understand bessie and digestion i don't understand how i digest but guess what i'm gonna eat some food after the service today Somehow god created it to work in me So even though we don't understand what we do is we come to that place and say god if I don't understand I don't get it right then lord. I trust you to reveal it to me revelation And I trust counsel of other believers god because now i'm part of a community and I trust god that lord Your word will never let me down. It will never fail me But we got to accept its authority We live in a time where so many people are trying to change the bible to fit culture it Doesn't work They've done it since the very beginning. People try to change the Bible to fit their situation. Doesn't work. Culture changes, but God doesn't. But the church does not have to be mean about that. You know, we don't have to shake it in people's faces and be mean about it. We just are just, no, this is what God's word says. I can't get around that. God's word stands supreme. It's unchanging. It's the rock you build your life on, but you've got to welcome it into you, and you've got to be able to stand on it as your firm foundation. Because you accept its authority and its strength in your life I'm going to do 101 discover hope in two weeks. All right, but let's just lay one out for you right now at hope church We believe that the bible is god's holy word Nothing added nothing taken away. It's a closed canon of scripture There's not 2.0 3.0 or 5.0 coming god gave it to us once And everything that comes from hope must have as at its foundation the word of god And if I say something that contradicts god's word, I am wrong and you need to correct me And if I get it wrong all the time, you need to call my overseers. I got one sitting here right now. And they'll deal with me because God's word is what matters, not Mike's opinion or my interpretation. Can we get a yes to that? Because again, I accept its authority. We built this church around the authority of the word of God. Listen, in this generation, you've got to make up your mind and choose what you're going to believe. And God's word will promise you. And we have proven it through centuries. It'll never fail you, never let you down. So the first thing is, you've got to trust its authority. The second is, you've got to assimilate it into all areas of your life. You cannot pick and choose what part of the Bible you like and you don't like. You cannot pick or choose what commands you feel like living in and the commands you don't like living in You've got to get involved in every area of your life It's got to work into your relationships your finances your parenting. Oh, it talks about parenting It talks about how you work even how to be an employee that people want to employ The bible covers every aspect of life, but you've got to assimilate it into your life So how do you do that get very practical? Get very practical First by learning to listen to god's word by listening to God's word, faith comes by what, and hearing by the. I know I am preaching to the choir on a day with a packed house. It sounds kind of silly to say this, but I just don't get that people don't prioritize listening to the word of God. I don't get it. I struggle with that so much because I, I just I, I, I'm getting a little preaching moment here. I just don't get it. I don't. Hey, pastor, we're not going to be there. It's it's a me day. What? Pastor, we can't volunteer. That's a family day. When did we miss the fact? He says, gather on the Lord's Day. We're not under the law of the Sabbath, thank God. We'd be really up a creek because we all blow that one. But he called it the Lord's Day because there's something about what we're doing right now that we cannot explain, but God works in it and God works through it, but yet we prioritize everything else but God's Word, and we wonder why we struggle. We wonder why the lies become truths instead of the truths overcoming the lies. Folks, I'm not trying to grow a church. I'm trying to grow people. And you got to hear me. <laughs> it matters not, not. When I say I'm God, he's like, hey, way to grow that church to five. That is not. where. Hey, way to take time to tell people the truth that they may learn in me and grow themselves and become a people that are mighty, outreaching, and loving God in every aspect. You see, people think because I'm a pastor, that's why I'm here, right? Can I tell you, long before I got paid to be here, I wouldn't miss. From the time I got saved, I wouldn't miss because something happens when the word of God gets in your life. Something happens when it changes you. Denise and I were reminding ourselves this week, when I was a freshman in college, not only taking 18 hours, I also was part of the Bible quiz team. I memorized two whole books in the Bible in the King James Version the first semester to compete over those things. Why? Because the Bible was more important than accounting one or calculus. I needed those things. But can I tell you, my life is not based on those things. Amen. I'm going to stop preaching. I'll get back. (laughs) My wife's smiling at me like, Move, move on, Mike. That's why Jesus, even in the parable of the sower, when he talked about the seed being the word of God, he said this, he said, consider carefully how you listen. Consider carefully how you engage. If you want faith in your life and the word to work in your life, you've got to prioritize it. So you listen to it, but also you've got to read it. And thank God we have the word of God available to us in more ways now than any generation. You need to read it. Read it like a meal. Read it like what it is. The Bible says it is a bread of life. Jesus said that He said in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. There's that, that pneuma, that, that life that comes into us. So how do we do that? I've, I've done this before, but I want you to, to see it again. If you want to get into reading God's word, can I tell you, get you a paper Bible. A pa- They do make these things still, believe it or not. A paper Bible. Why is this important? This is my Bible that I actually study out of, not, not the one I read off on Sundays because I can't read it in here. Uh, it's kind of beat up, broken up, and there's a highlighter in the middle of it. You know why? Because you can write on a paper Bible, and you can make notes on a paper Bible, and you can destroy a paper Bible, and God's not getting mad at you. It's the book, okay? And the reason it's important why I say get a, a paper Bible is this. Studies have shown there is much more retainage of what you read off of a paper than off of digital, and oh, by the way, and digital has this marvelous thing called notifications. Have you noticed that right when you're trying to read? And like, hey, someone puts some them on Facebook, swipe. And we're like, squirrel, we're going that way. <laughs> and, and, and oh, let's get back to God's word here again. Nobody can notify me on that baby right there, all right? It's like me and God reading because God is speaking into my life. I put it this way. A digital Bible is everybody's Bible, but a paper Bible is your Bible. And you all need a, your Bible. I have my dad's Bible. I, I'd, I'd love to bring it, but it would absolutely fall apart. I mean, I don't know what scripture he did not highlight over his lifetime. But I mean, there's notes in there. There's writing. And thank God my dad could actually write legibly. And I, I I'd go back into it because it was his journey with God. So get a paper Bible. Number two, set aside a time to read it. Calendar it. Dignify it. If you're not a morning person, read it at noon. Read it at the end of the day. Read it. you got to calendar it. Get it into your life. Here, here's the next thing. Have a plan. Just have a plan. I, I worry something. Pastor, where do we read the Bible? Well, you don't start in Deuteronomy, okay? Or Numbers. Or Job. <laughs> You know you need a level plan here. Okay, and there's so many ways we can read the Bible I'm not a big fan of the one-year Bible uh, Just because I get behind all the time, but uh, the one-year Bible is a balanced diet It's a little bit of the Old Testament a little bit of the New Testament And and thank God that in those days you're reading about infectious diseases that it throws a psalm in there Okay to make you feel better about life Uh, So again, it's it helps you out Uh, There are 1189 chapters in the Bible if you read three, or, three to four a day, you'll read through the Bible in a year. That's about 12, 15 minutes of reading every day. The Gospels, there's 89 chapters between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So again, if you just take time to read, four, uh, read three a day, uh, three chapters a day, you'll read them through in a month. I spent the last six months reading the Gospels over and over and over and over and over again because I wanted to be reminded again, what did Jesus do? What did he say? The book of Psalms, five a day. You read it through in the month. Proverbs 31 of them one a day you version there's great plans available Here's here's the here's the secret about plans. Okay, if you get behind don't believe you're going to make it all up in one night. Okay I looked at a plan. I have three plans going right now one of them. I'm 65 days behind on right now They have this marvelous button called catch me up Because if not, what are you gonna do? You'll just stop reading because you get all in conviction. Guess what that word will be there next year when you come around but you need to go consistently working through God's word. Lastly, don't don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Ask God, Lord, what are you trying to say to me today? Read it not just to get through it. Read it through that, that mirror of saying, God, let one verse pop out. God, let one thing stick. Let one thing speak to me, God, that I can chew on, ruminate, meditate on throughout this week, God, so that I will be changed by it. It's just a matter of how you approach reading God's word. You got to approach it with this imagery again. It's like you and God sat down over coffee. It's not God up there somewhere and you got the Bible trying to figure him out. No, if you, if you approach it by faith and you say, Holy Spirit, Numa, breathe on this word to me, it's like you and God having coffee and he's sitting right next to you. So when you don't understand, you're like, hey, what did you mean by that? Help me understand that. Let me, let me get caught in this. Because when we do that, it begins to build in our lives. Finally, how do you get it, how do you get it to come alive? I, it's by exploring God's Word. I think the absolute best way to explore God's Word is with others. Apply it, discuss it. You know, you really can't even have biblical community without God's Word. We were talking about the groups and some of our community groups are going to be forming. Like, we, we got one group, they like to go hiking. And, and then we invite non-believers with us. And Chad and I were talking today. And I said, even in that, man, sow God's word into it. When Chloe, our daughter, was out leading the expeditions in the Rockies this summer, I, before she would leave, I'd send her about 15 scriptures before she would go because the Bible talks a lot about mountains. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so his love surrounds his children. I mean, there's so many ways to bring God's word into everything we do. But the absolutely best way is to explore it with others. So here's our goal. We're going to wrap this up. Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Truthfully, some of you are just sick of being stuck. That's why you're here today. You're just sick of of sin. You're frustrated by the bondage it brings. And and, and sadly, the truth is you'll stay in that until you let God's word come into your life. And the truth comes against that, that area of bondage and destroys it in the name of Jesus. You need God's Word. You need it to become rhema. You need to be set free by it. You see, the Bible reveals it can fix, but never ever forget it has the power to change you. So when you're reading, you're like, oh, I don't like that. Well, maybe God's got his finger a little hard on you right now. But he says, I'm not asking you to go out there and do it. I'm not asking you to try harder. I'm not asking you to prove that you're better than. I'm just saying, here's an area of change. And I've got the power to change that if you'll let me. Do you trust me? That's God's word, and that's how He works in us. James said it this way: last scripture of the day, James chapter one verse twenty-two. We have to apply God's principles every day in our life. He says, "Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says." So, how do you do that? I gave you should have been on your way in this morning. Did everybody get an ugly yellow sheet? No. How did we miss that? Wow, okay on your way out. You're gonna you know, you know, As my ushers and leaders are quickly getting back to the back to get these out so if I can have one I, I I printed out something I've given you a few times over the years I over the years put things together that would help me grow in the Word of God and one of those is called the 20 cans of success and what the 20 cans of success is, is it basically has a promise of God for multiple situations in my life that I can read. It says, why should I say I can't when the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Philippians four thirteen. Or why should I be weak when the Bible says in the, Lord the, strength of the, the, the Lord is the strength of my life and I will display strength and take action because I know God, Psalm 27. So on your way out today, when you get one of these, here's your homework. Whatever plan you're on, take a break for 20 days. And all I want you to do is take number one tomorrow and say, God, I'm going to read Philippians 4, 13. And I remember old Bessie. And I'm going to chew on it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to say, God, what does it mean that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? And I'm going to apply that to my life. On day two, I want you to go to day two. And I want you to take Philippians 4 19 when when it says why should I worry about my needs when I know that God will take care of all my needs according to his Riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and I want you to chew on that and meditate on that get into your life See guys we can play around and we can go into our lives totally unequipped unarmed We can do the religious thing and we can go through our lives totally not responding to God. It's okay We'll get them on the way out of the door. I don't want us to move this moment But the reality is we have to choose. If God's word is God's word, then we are basically starving ourselves and we're spiritually anorexic if we don't take time to say, I need your word, God, in my life. So where are you in that? Where, Where are you in that? You see, we talk about truth. We talk about freedom. We talk about breaking bondage. But guys, it doesn't happen because you have willpower. It happens because the power of God gets in your life. And the best way it gets in your life is through his word.